Welcome to Jean and Mike do the New York Times crossword. Hi, I'm Jean. And I'm Mike. And today we are doing the crossword for Friday, January 26th, 2024. So on a day that is basically January the 2 times 13, does that mean we were especially unlucky? Were you unlucky while doing this crossword? No, not really. And not doubly unlucky, unlucky then? No, okay. not at all unlucky. Were you lucky? I got it done. Oh, good. Excellent. <laughs> I did it. Mm-hmm. I found it relatively straightforward. It, I, it was, yeah. I mean, all the, all the words pretty much were common words. Uh, there were just a couple... I think I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know the Toni Morrison novel, 38 Across. Toni Mor- Morrison title was Sula. Mm-hmm. I did not know that one. When I read that, I thought the title meant like her title. And so oh. I couldn't think of anything, so I panicked and thought poet. Oh, uh-huh. But she really isn't a poet. No, no, she's, an, she's a novelist. So. Uh-huh. I did not know the 58 across the bachelor outing was group date. Oh, that sounds like fun. Uh huh. But um, there's nothing outstandingly unusual about the word group date. No, I guess not. Uh huh. And uh, you know, I, I didn't know 10 down, uh, simple skating jump, toe loop, but again, common, two common words, toe and loop. Sounds so. sort of painful. Uh-huh. <laughs> but anyway, it says it's simple. It is, uh-huh. but I think the rest of it I pretty well knew. So you knew four across the handshaw in Hamlet's no a hawk from a handsaw, and that was heron. No, that's true. I didn't know that, but I mean, I know what a heron is. So, <laughs> but yes, but do you know what a handsaw is? Because that's where the tricky bit comes. No, a hawk from a handsaw. Well, I think the handsaw is another name for a heron. Apparently. Yeah. It sounds to me like like an implement that someone would take on their way to an, a, a, some sort of repair job. Uh-huh. Pass me the handsaw. No, not the heron. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, I was I was going to say, I've, it, it turned out I was able to do this relatively quickly, but I felt like I was taking forever doing it. Oh, uh-huh. And it felt a lot harder. When I finished, I'm like, oh. That wasn't bad at all. Uh-huh. Um, it, well, the the top half was harder than the bottom half. Yes. I got a lot of the bottom half fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. And, and then I had to work my way up. That's precisely what happened to me. Because mm-hmm. if you look like in the top left, record label for Pink, Za, and Her was RCA. Right. Um, I didn't know that. I also, I, I knew something, I sort of had the general idea of where I should have been going with this, but didn't know where to end up. They're often caving, but not spelunking. So I'm like, okay, some sort of a coward. The answer was pushovers. Right. And um, yeah, because I guess a pushover makes more sense. A coward, well, maybe a coward would cave, but a coward is just someone who's afraid of something. A, right. A pushover is someone who would cave. Right. Mm-hmm. Um I like 19 across, although it took me a while. Show of Force, Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> I like, I mean, the Force was, was capitalized. Yeah. Well, oh, it's got to have to do something with Star Wars. It turned out it was Star Wars. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, 16 across, everybody's opposite was no one. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that took a bit of time there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And let's see, everyone's favorite spy agency, 8down.org, that advises on ransomware risk mitigation, NSA. Yes. Actually, maybe they aren't a spy agency. I'm not mm. sure exactly what they do. No, the national security. Okay, so they do security. I think part of that is espionage. Because the CIA is, that, that's the spy. That's definitely right. espionage, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, the NSA is so secret, no one even knows what they do. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see here. Uh, nine across. Song words preceding his kiss. It's in his kiss. It's in his kiss. Could you hum a few bars? I I, I don't know that song. And oh. I, I was reading wordplay, and it actually came out a little before my time. Right. Listening, I was like... Very, you know, I just don't worry about it. My time. Mm-hmm. We <laughs> we need not go into details, no. <laughs> um, but it is. Um, it was, apparently the name is either "It's in His Kiss" or the Shoop Shoop song. Right. I just love the name, the Shoop Shoop song. Uh huh. And um, said so it was sung by Aretha Franklin. Well, a whole bunch of people apparently performed it. Hmm. Um, Cher did it in 1990, and apparently it had a bit of a comeback as a result of that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought it was pretty, might might be a uh, a good subject for a fun fact Friday. Yeah. Not this Friday, but some <laughs> other Friday. Uh, let's see. We had 22 Across, which was takes, Take Risks, and that was Be Bold. That's right. But then right underneath it, I thought they had some sort of um, cautionary tale. 26 across, it's all over for us. We're toast. That's right, yeah. you take risks and you're toast. Uh So don't take risks and you'll be a bagel. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Let's see. 23 down was ride and that was tease. Yes. I think I was ready for that. Because they've used that before, you know, sort of the the play on the word ride when you ride somebody. So Mm -hmm. I was sort of looking forward to it. What I was not anticipating was 29 across. Canine protector was enamel. Yes. (laughs) So. Uh um, It makes sense. It it certainly does. 41 across. Architectural finish. I wanted it to be, I don't know why, sateen. That's probably a textile, right? Yes, it is. Okay. Uh-huh. And but nothing... there is a satin finish in paint. Okay. You can have a satin finish. Well, we'll, we'll take the most optimistic uh, reading of my <laughs> of my attempt there and say that I was thinking of that. But anyway, right. um, architectural finish turned out to be stucco. Is that really an architectural finish? I, I'm I, sorry? Um, stucco. Is that really an architectural finish? Yes. I mean, it's something on the wall. Right. Would an architect specify that? Mm-hmm. Put some stucco over there. Oh yeah, because you would you would build the house differently if you were doing stucco than if you were doing some other finish on the outside. Perhaps I should become an architect. I just like saying the word stucco. Stucco. <laughs> That's right. It's uh, a pretty finish. I like stucco houses. I, I do too. I think they're especially well built. Mm-hmm. Um, Forty-three across. Foe run land was enemy turf. Yes, that was that was sort of a, a, a somewhat awkwardly phrase. Uh-huh. Fo f o e by the way, uh, listeners run a land. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's see, 
48 across like holographic Pokemon cards rare. Right. Do you happen to have any um, holographic Pokemon cards? I don't, but I would venture to guess some of our children might. Mm, okay. Because <laughs> they were definitely into Pokemon mm. when I, they were growing up. I gather that it's still pretty big. I really haven't been paying attention. Me either. So I probably need to get into the Pokemon collection business. Uh. <laughs> 45 down, Bugles Alternative. So um, I was thinking flugels. There's like a flugelhorn, right? Mm-hmm. So I was. So I had. I thought bugles and flugels. Oh, <laughs> just because it began with an F. Yes, and it was the. And I thought it's sort of like a bugle, or like a horn, or something like that. But it turned out to be Fritos. That's right. <laughs> so I wasn't even close. Bugles the snack. Fr- Fritos the snack, not flugel the the musical instrument. Right. Um. 51 across, passage that might be a mess after a rainstorm, dirt road. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got that after after I got it. I'm like, well, yes, because I, I just... Pretty obvious answer. <laughs> once you get it. Uh, right. You know, I just I just thought of a... When, it, when, it said, when they said passage, I stopped thinking about roads, and I started thinking about areas in, like, near a house. Like, you might have sort of like a little... I don't know. I envisioned this lovely grass covered and tree lined area around someone's house mm-hmm. anyways it was a dirt road so i was just i was just <laughs> was hallucinating just a dirt road. there mm-hmm. <laughs> and let's see 57 across stand and deliver mm-hmm. or right or right that's correct um and cut down to size maybe i was sure that was going to be trim because it was four letters and the second letter was an r yes but it was crop that's right yes Yes, I had trim as well, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. did not quite work. Um, all right. Well, I think that's probably it for the crossword. Okay. But it is Friday, which means it's time for Fun Fact Friday. Do, 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 do. And so for Fun Fact Friday, do you have a fun fact? I do. Okay. Uh, in the Sunday crossword, there was a clue. And and the answer to it was eating crow. Mm-hmm. And I thought it might be interesting to talk about where that little phrase came from. Mm. Eating crow. Okay. Okay, so this is from Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Eating crow is a colloquial, colloquial idiom. Colloquial? Colloquial, thank you. You're idiom. welcome. Used in some English-speaking countries, that means humiliation by admitting having been proven wrong after taking a strong position. The crow is a carrion eater that is presumably repulsive to eat in the same way being proven wrong might be emotionally hard to swallow. The exact origin of the idiom is unknown, but it probably began with an American story published around 1850 about a dim-witted New York farmer. Eating crow is actually uh, part of a family of idioms having to do with eating and being proved incorrect, such as eat dirt or and to eat your hat or your shoe, all probably originating from to eat one's words, which appeared in print in 1571 in one of John Calvin's tracts on Psalm 62. God eateth not his words when he hath once spoken. In Australia, they say, 
people are crow eaters, but it doesn't really carry the same meaning as eating crow. Okay, so there are a variety of, of origin theories, but the story about the dim-witted New York farmer goes like this. It was, it was published in the Saturday Evening Post in 1850 called Can You Eat Crow? Okay, a slow-witted New York farmer is outboxed by his presumed urban borders after they complain about the poor food being served. The farmer discounts the complaint by claiming he can eat anything, and the boarders wonder if he can eat a crow. I can eat a crow, the farmer says. The boarders take him up on the challenge, but also secretly spike the crow with scotch snuff. The story ends with the farmer saying, I can eat a crow, but I'll be darned if I hanker after it. In 1854, Samuel Putman Avery published a version called Crow Eating in his collection, Mrs. Parkington's Carpet Bag of Fun. <laughs> <laughs> There's a similar phrase in, Brit in Britain called eating humble pie. And that phrase is something of a pun. Umbles were intestines, offal, and other less valued meats of a deer. Pies made of this were said to be served to those of lesser class who did not eat the king's lord's governor's table, possibly following speculation in Brewer's Dictionary of Phrase and Fable, but there is little evidence for this. Early references in cookbooks such as Liber Curcurum present a grand dish with exotic spices. Uh, another dish likely to be served with humble pie is rook pie, rooks being closely related to crows. Pie is also an antiquated term for the European magpie, a type of crow. So even though they say they're eating humble pie or humble pie, um, it kind of is the same thing as eating crow. So that is just a little, a little, um, narration on eating crow so so just one one point of clarification what did they spike the crow with that the the slow-witted <laughs> farmer was eating scotch snuff and that's supposed to do what to you uh i guess it just made it taste really really bad because the farmer said he could eat anything uh, yeah, so, okay. Yeah, it's sort of a lame story. It didn't yeah, say really, it was I... a clever one or anything, but but anyway, that is the origin of the of the phrase eating crow. Well, thank you for and that. And it's still used today. I still hear people say that, you know, if they have made a mistake, it's like they have to eat crow, mm -hmm. or if they've made a, a, a big um, sort of bold statement and then have been proven wrong, they've said, well, they have to eat crow. I'm, I'm familiar. Mm -hmm. Me too. So, All that's right. Why. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very good. Thank you so much for that fun fact. You're welcome. One last thing before we wrap it up. It's time for an episode a, 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 of, oh, that's how you pronounce it. And yesterday we were def uh, debating the pronunciation of the, of the letter psi and um, as in uh, the penultimate letter of the Greek alphabet. Right. And it turns out that there are multiple ways to pronounce it. One of them is um, um, psi, and the other is just psi. And, mm -hmm. it, and it, it, the, the uh, reference that I found did not clarify 
who says what, where, but there are two alternative pronunciations. Hmm. So when I said psi and you said psi, we were both right. How about that? That's right. All right. Okay, so that is it for today. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Please let us know what you think. Crossword podcast at iCloud.com is how you can get a hold of us. We will be back again with our cutting-edge analysis of tomorrow's crossword tomorrow. Bye-bye.